Hi, you're listening to Sensationalist Science, a podcast about science, the media, and the truth behind those astonishing headlines you've read. I'm your host, GitMK, aka The Health Nerd, and today we've returned for another COVID-19 special. Now, I have to apologize to all the listeners out there. During the pandemic, it has been rough getting podcast episodes out, and unfortunately... With all of the balls that I'm juggling, the podcast has taken something of a backseat. But today we are back and we are looking at something that I have personally been very interested in over the last few months. The infection fatality rate of COVID-19. Um, stay tuned for the episode today and more episodes in the future. If you are interested in a specific topic, particularly with relationship to COVID-19, please let me know on Twitter at SensiPod or send in an email, SensiPod at gmail.com. So, on to the episode. You may have heard headlines about the fatality rate of COVID-19. You may have even read recently that the fatality rate was substantially lower than scientists initially predicted, but it turns out that this is all to do with the difference between the infection fatality rate and the case fatality rate. Now, those descriptions might seem very similar, but it turns out that there is a big difference between the fatality rate based on the number of cases and the fatality rate based on the number of estimated infections for a disease. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the first Sensationalist Science episode that we've had in a few months. So, the first question to answer is, what is the case fatality rate? And what is the infection fatality rate? Because although they sound similar, as I said, they aren't the same at all. Now, this is all to do with the denominator. If you imagine your equation where on the top you have your numerator, which is the number of deaths, and usually your number of deaths is fairly reliable because you know how many people have died. On the bottom, you have a number, and that number for the case fatality rate is the number of confirmed COVID cases, which means the number of people who have tested positive to a current COVID infection um, and then been assert or and or been ascertained by their doctor to have a current COVID infection. In other words, the case fatality rate is the number of people who die as a proportion of the number of confirmed COVID cases in whichever place. But This is a problem because it ignores the people who don't turn up to their doctor and who may have asymptomatic infections, so they are infected with the disease, but they never show any symptoms. And we know increasingly that asymptomatic infections make up a fairly large proportion of the people who have COVID-19. Recent studies have estimated that between 20 and 50% of all people who catch the disease have almost no or no symptoms at all. So this gives us a bit of a of a problem, of a, of a quandary. If we use the case fatality rate, we're using a very high percentage estimation of how many people die when they're infected with COVID. But the infection fatality rate, which is in some ways much more useful, is much harder to calculate. The problem is, if someone is 
asymptomatic, if they don't have symptoms, they have no incentive to go and get tested. So most asymptomatic people will never go see their doctor, they will never have blood drawn, and they will never get a test to see if they have the disease. And that leaves us with a quandary because the infection fatality rate is really important. The case fatality rate tells you how likely you are to die if you are someone who has symptoms, who turns up to their doctor, who goes to hospital and is quite sick. But it's a selected population. The infection fatality rate tells you how likely you are to die from COVID if you are infected at all, including the people who are asymptomatic, as I've said. And that's much more meaningful both to you and I as people living in the community and to policymakers who are making decisions about this disease. So what do we do? There are broadly speaking two ways of estimating the infection fatality rate. The first is to use a statistical model. And basically what we're doing there is saying how many people are infected, how many people have died, and based on a number of factors, how many people do we think are asymptomatic and never got tested. And then from that we can calculate an infection fatality rate. The other way is to do what's known as serology tests, which look at COVID-19 antibodies. So when you get sick, your body will start to produce antibodies to the disease you get sick from, in this case COVID-19 obviously, and you can test those antibodies to see if people in the population have been sick. So you go out, you do a large study, you find a representative sample of the population, and you test all their antibodies um, and at the end, that will give you some indication of how many people have already had the disease. But now we come to another issue. There are lots of studies out there. There are literally tens of thousands of COVID-19 studies already produced this year. So what do we do when some of them produce conflicting information? Well, one of the best ways to cope with a very large number of research studies is to do what's known as a systematic review and meta-analysis. This is where scientists will comb through databases of literature, um, where studies are indexed and archived, and find every study relating to a topic, and then put them all together in one big study to see what the overall result is. And... Fortunately for you, a colleague and I have done just that for the infection fatality rate of COVID-19. We looked through hundreds of pieces of research in half a dozen repositories of scientific information, and we winnowed it down to about 25 studies that in es estimated the infection fatality rate either through a statistical model or by conducting a serological test, a serological survey rather, and we came up with a result. And you can hear that in just a second. So, the results from our infection fatality systematic review and meta-analysis. As I said, we pulled 25 studies originally. It's now grown because we're updating the meta-analysis in real time to about 30 pieces of research. And we found that overall, 
About 0.67% of people who caught COVID-19 in the populations tested, which included samples from China and um, Europe, the US, uh, South America, and I believe one sample from elsewhere in Asia, IS Japan, died. So across all of those places, about 67 people in every 10,000 infections passed away. Now, it's important to recognize that this number isn't necessarily the truth. What, it, what we've done is pull these results statistically to give us the best estimate, the most likely, most reasonable estimate of the infection fatality rate, taking all of this data into account. But the reality is that different populations will likely end up with different fatality rates due to COVID-19. For example, we know very well that there is a strong age relationship and age gradient in the infection fatality rate. For people under the age of 20, there is almost a 0% chance of dying from an acute COVID-19 infection. For people between the age of 20 to 50, the best evidence seems to suggest that the infection fatality rate is somewhere around 0.08%, and that's based on Danish blood testing, Danish testing of blood donors specifically, uh, as well as some information from the, from the Netherlands. And then once you get above the age of 50, and particularly once you get into the 60s and 70s, the infection fatality rate spikes upwards very sharply at about 1% infection fatality rate for those between the age of 60 and 70. And once you get above 70, it goes up to 4% and potentially even as high as 5 or even 10% in the over 80s. So that means that of the people, of every 100 people, over the age of 80 who get COVID-19, we would expect between five and 10 to die. That is really a staggeringly high proportion. But what this does mean is that we would expect populations where everyone is a bit younger to have lower infection fatality rates. And that's actually something that you can see in the data from Spain, where they found that the older places, the places where more older people live, have higher death rates than the places where younger people live on average. Now, there is an issue with these COVID-19 infection fatality rates. I've been talking about the issues with the denominator, with, with our case numbers, um, but there's also some problems with our numerator. We often count deaths in a less than perfect way. We don't always capture every death related to every cause. And in particular, in the health systems that have been overwhelmed, there is good evidence to suggest that we are missing a lot of the COVID-19 deaths. So for example, in the UK and Italy, there have been studies that have suggested we may be missing up to 50% of all COVID-19 deaths because the reporting just isn't good enough. Now, what that means is that our infection fatality rate is biased downwards. In other words, it's lower than the true result. It's likely that in the future, this number will go up as excess mortality is better understood. It's also important to think about the non-fatal complications of COVID-19. We're talking here very much just about death rates, and that is something that people are focusing on across the board. But there are likely 
to be non-fatal but chronic and long-term problems that COVID-19 causes. And we just don't know enough yet about those to fully comment. So, the headlines were wrong. This is, I'm sure, unsurprising to all of you. While the infection fatality rate is quite substantially lower than the case fatality rate, the scientists knew this all along. If you look back at the articles, at the scientific articles written in February and late January, everyone knew that the case fatality rate would be an overestimate of the true death rate of the disease. So when you see a headline screaming that scientists have revised the death rate down, it's important to have a look at what they actually mean. Do they mean that the case fatality rate and the infection fatality rate are different and that we've come closer to knowing the true infection fatality rate? Or have they actually found a study that suggests that COVID-19 is substantially less fatal than we thought? Ultimately, it's likely that the rates that we see now will be maintained. It seems quite unlikely that the number will change substantially, although it's worth noting that the infection fatality rate also depends on a variety of other factors as well. I've talked today about age, but there are probably lots of things that can impact the infection fatality rate for a population, such as how ready the hospital system was when their outbreak occurred, how many ICU beds they had, how many ventilators they had, and how trained the clinical staff were. This has been your dose of sensationalist science and media madness. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find it on SoundCloud at SensiPod or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, GitMK, and you can find me on Twitter at GitMK or Medium at GitMK or Facebook at GitMK Health Nerd. Also, if you would like to see someone featured on the podcast, or if you just have a question you would like answered, please send it through to sensipod at gmail.com. That's S-E-N-S-C-I-P-O-D at gmail.com. Have a great week, and remember, if it sounds unlikely, it's good to be skeptical. Skeptical.